Welcome. Yeah, welcome back. Welcome back. How long has it been? It's been a minute. I can't remember. Okay. It's it's the end of the year. My brain has turned off. That is it's all offline. we know. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's my favorite uh, meme right now is, I think it's Will Ferrell like cracking open a beer and it's like... Uh, Something at, something about work, and then it's like, that sounds like a 2023 problem. <laughs> it would have been funnier if I would have remembered the entire meme. Anyways, I'm welcome. sure it's hilarious. <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> uh, welcome to the Book Squad podcast, everyone. Um, let's jump right in to yeah. our end of year chit chat. Yeah. Everybody's talking about end of year books right now. Mm-hmm. So what were your favorites? So we should. Top books of the year. So yeah, okay. I think it's a good idea. Do you want to go first or would you like me to go first? Um, <laughs> I did not. I did not follow your directions. Yeah. In our little notes, I have under Holt's List Honeys, uh, one book each and Polly has like 12. So I guess I will go ahead because <gasps> I just have the one book. Because <laughs> somebody knows how to follow directions. And <laughs> to it, be fair, I made the directions. <laughs> To be fair. Okay, so this book comes out in January. We do have it on order, and I do believe that we are getting the audiobook as well, which is important because it's narrated by the author, who is pretty popular. Mm -hmm. Who might that be, you ask, everybody listening? Uh, The book I'm most excited about coming up, there are very few holds on it right now, which is a shame, so put a hold on it right now, is You Just Need to Lose Weight by Aubrey Gordon. This is a book about basically other things, like you just need to lose weight and then other phrases that fat people are constantly told mm -hmm. uh, on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. If you are unaware of who Aubrey Gordon is, she is one of the co-hosts of Maintenance Phase, which is an incredible podcast about like diet culture, fat phobia, all kinds of stuff. She co-hosts with uh, Michael Hobbs, who used to be on You're Wrong About and is now on If Books Could Kill. So it's like part of the You're Wrong About like cinematic universe. (laughs) This is one of those those podcasts. But she's incredible. She's been on the internet for a while now. She, uh, her handle is Your Fat Friend. Um, She's absolutely just stunning, both in her writing and she's just a beautiful lady but um she's so funny she has a lot to say because she has been fat her entire life about how people are treated but she she has a lot to say in a way that is very constructive of not just like here is my experience I want to tell you about it it's here's my experience here's what we can put in place to change what it is like Mm. to be fat Mm -hmm. in this country. So, like, she is just incredible. She has another book um, that I read uh, earlier this year that I'm unfortunately completely blanky on, even though it's one of my favorites. Um, But put it in the show notes. But she is absolutely incredible. Highly, highly recommend. She, from everyone was asking... Uh, just basically from popular demand, everyone is asking if she could narrate the audiobooks and show she did or oh, you just need to lose weight. Okay. So we will be getting the audiobook as well um, for everyone who wants to listen to the book nice. from uh, just listening to Aubrey's wonderful voice. <laughs> um, okay. But highly I, – I have it already pre-ordered. I'm just – I went ahead and I bought a copy through The Raven and I will relish reading this okay. book. I love everything she has to say both in text – and in podcast. All right. And on internet, I guess. Jumping <laughs> off this recording to go put this on hold because this sounds exactly She's great. like what I would love to read. 
Okay, well, here's me not following directions, but I won't <laughs> I won't talk so much about each one. So I think all of the actually all of these are already out. Um, but I want to do bring people's attention to them. So mm-hmm. the first one is How to Keep House While Drowning by Casey Davis. So, mm-hmm. you know, New Year's coming. I know a lot of people make resolutions to like clean their house more, do this, mm-hmm. do that. This is a wonderful, wonderful book because it really addresses um, how difficult it is to maintain yourself and your space when you might be dealing with mental health challenges mm-hmm. or dealing with, you know, just the world being terrible. Or it's a very compassionate, very thoughtful look at um, ways to maintain your house, which will in fact, make you feel better. Um, so how do you do that? How do you make yourself feel better when you don't feel good? Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a really compassionate, really kind conversation with, with, you know, the reader about how to do this and, and how she did it herself. Um, and I think she ran a blog for a while and became a book. So um, it's really great. A Merry Little Meat Cute by Julie Murphy and Sierra Simone. Amazing. It's such a good book. Um, so this is a, a steamy romance between a, um, a a sex worker and a washed up uh, boy band member. Amazing. Who <laughs> is trying to... Um, redeem himself they both get cast in a hallmark like christmas movie mm-hmm. and she is trying to maintain anonymity um so that you know it doesn't get out and um sully the movie that she's trying to to do some sort of uh, outside acting and he um just happens to be her greatest fan. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> so, um, and, you know, they're together in Christmas Notch making this movie. And, uh, yeah. Sounds great. I know. Great. It is really great. The banter's great. Um, it is treated so well, so respectfully. She's a plus size um, sex worker. There's conversations around, you know, like what that's like mm-hmm. and how it is to be fetishized in that um, space. And she yeah. has her own, um, they don't call it OnlyFans, it's called Closed Door. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Um, and so she is in charge of how she is, yeah. you know, perceived and packaged and puts herself together um, out in the world. So anyway, I think it's really well done, really respectful. And um, and it's the first in a series. The next one is coming out. Uh, I can't I heard the title of it and I'm not supposed to say because it's not for sure yet so okay wow as soon as i know wow wow very cool polly let everyone know how neat you are (laughs) you know people i went to an event and they just said please don't put it on the internet because it's not for sure yet but um but it's that next one sounds amazing too um tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow by gabrielle zevin everyone's talking about everyone is talking about this book I just wanted to bring people's attention to it because it does have a lot of holds on it and you should get on hold for it because um, it is burning up everybody's top of the end of the year list. Mm-hmm. And I love Gabrielle Zevin. I, AJ, like, 
The storied life of AJ Vickery is like one of my favorite comfort Everyone reads talks of all time. About that one. Love it. Constantly. Love it so much. So I'm glad to see her come back. Her second book didn't do as well, which mm-hmm. I was kind of bummed out. It was like a kind of a story that was sort of like um Monica Lewinsky story. Hmm. It's a novel. It's like a novelization of that okay. kind of event. Um and it didn't do as well, which I was kind of bummed about. But this one is Doing real great. great. And Good. then, uh, I mean, I'm sure you've already heard about this book, <laughs> uh, Daisy Jones and the Six by Taylor Jenkins Reid. And we've already talked about how hard it is to, like, get your hands on, like, the seven husbands of yeah. Evelyn Hugo. Taylor Jenkins Reid is, like, a powerhouse. But this show is coming out in, like, the – the is it no, – wait, is it a – no, it's a – It's TV, a limited it's series. It's a limited yeah. series. It's coming out in May. I think um, – we are right now down to only three holds on this, but mm-hmm. I think as soon as copy. yes, I think as soon as people track, it's gonna go up again. Yeah. So, and then I also have heard for that one, the audiobook is well worth the wait. I know there are many, many more holds on, on the, the audiobook, audiobook, but it's not coming out until May. So if you put it on hold right now, surely you will be able to listen to it by the yes. time the show comes out. Yeah, get to it. Mm-hmm. So okay, I'm sorry, I'm a rule breaker. <laughs> You can talk about me later. <laughs> I did not do what I was supposed to do. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> okay, let's um, let's let's see what's in our bookish spotlight. Yeah, let's end do- of year favorites. Mm-hmm. According it's- to, I like how you have experts in. Quotation According to marks. bookish experts, <laughs> quotation. <marks. laughs> but aren't we though? I suppose, yes. I suppose I uh, we are bookish experts. Okay. Quotes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Emphasize. So I'm going to jump right in. Okay. First, I, I know I talk about this every year. I'm going to talk about it every year forever. Like my favorite thing in the world is the NPR. It used to be called Book Concierge. I'm mm-hmm. not insane, but now when you go to the site, it says Books We Love, and I cannot see Book Concierge anywhere on the site. Okay. So I feel like they rebranded it at some point and then like went backwards and changed. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways. That makes sense. I think books we love is maybe more uh, accessible than people understand what they mean. Concierge. Yeah. Yes. Um, Yes. So if you're looking for that, that's what it'll pop up if you Google Mm -hmm. it. But yeah, no, that books we love. It truly is one of the best resources, I think, for the just breadth of books that are available Mm -hmm. that have been published. I I think there are a lot of other sources, which I won't mention specifically, but they can often be very biased. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I was going to do a list for a website, which shall not be named, um, (laughs) that readers choose, which is great. I love the concept of that. But when I was going through, all of them were, save for maybe one or two, written by white authors, Mm -hmm. which – Inherently is fine, but if you want to promote the just the great amount of books that you that have been published in the year, I think that is a very again biased sample. Which mm-hmm. which again, whatever, that's fine. Right. But um, I think NPR does a really really good job at having books from all kinds of genres, all kinds of authors, all kinds of authors' backgrounds. Right. There's just so much. It's like. It's the closest feeling looking at their list that I got to when I was a kid going to the Scholastic Book Fair where it's just like <laughs> everything is new and exciting and some of them I recognize mm-hmm. and some of them I don't and it's just so pretty yeah. and fun. 
And it's just, it's a great, it's just a treat. Yes. I love that you can just expand or drill down in Mm -hmm. very different ways. They have, and then they have, they have like on the left-hand side, they have the tight, you know, like little titles of like what, what the category they put them in. They're not like strict categories that you might automatically go, oh, but then they have a page that sort of describes like how they came to those, like Mm -hmm. what those categories mean. So if you were like, how did you decide what went in there? Um, But I love that you can, like, I love that you can go, you know, for book clubs and then click, you know, um, you know, memoirs and then click, Mm -hmm. you know, something else. And then you'll end up with like three books that are very specific or, you know. And they, they do have a variety. I think sometimes like, especially with books that are often on prize lists, like I'm just thinking of like maybe like Man Booker and stuff, they're often, again, kind of biased towards maybe literary fiction or like pretty highbrow or high concept books. Mm -hmm. NPR has it all. Yeah. It's like genre fiction, literary fiction, nonfiction, literally everything. It's just really, really a great curated list Mm -hmm. of books you should be aware of. I think it's one of the the better ones, in my personal opinion, Mm -hmm. just because it covers so much ground. And their tags are great. Yeah. Like every time, like if you click on the book, you can see every, that it's tagged with every category Mm -hmm. it falls under. Yeah, really, really easy to navigate as well. I think that's awesome. Um, Okay. So that's background of like the place I love to go to look for stuff. And then my personal faves this year that were either published this year or that I read this year. And I will say I didn't read as much as I wanted to this year. Mm -hmm. We can talk about that later if we decide we want to do that. But um, I loved Bittersweet by Susan Cain, which I know I've talked about here before. Book Lovers by Emily Henry. The Perfect Crime of Marion Hayes. So um, good. (laughs) By Kat Sebastian. How the Word is Passed by Clint Smith. Um, That's nonfiction and it's fantastic. And so is Fuzz by Mary Roach. Uh, Nonfiction, also fantastic. So, um, And then The the Paper Palace, which I saw on your list. And I won't talk about it because I know you're going to talk about Mm -hmm, it. But mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. you're the one who recommended it to me. And then I just started last night a book that I think might be the best book that I'm about to read this year, mm-hmm. which is Did You Hear Mommy Died by <laughs> Seamus O'Reilly. <laughs> it's so dang good. So like if hilarious heartbreak, it was a genre, this is the platonic ideal of that. Um, and nobody does that sort of thing like the Irish. Um, if you're a fan of Dairy Girls, mm-hmm. you will love this book because it is set in Dairy in the 90s. So um, it's fantastic. It's not long. It's a very easy read. Um, And I am not done, but I think I will probably cry a lot through laughing. So (laughs) um, yeah, I just, and I just, are you putting it on hold? I just, Oh no, I'm just looking at other things. I can though. (laughs) I just actually, we had two copies. I have one and I snagged one for um, Kathleen, our director of development, because she also loves Dairy Girls. And so I ran it down to her. Um, So hopefully, uh, and she hadn't read it yet. So incredible. Anyway, I'm very excited to read that one. I had to, it's one of those where if you're sitting in a room with someone, they get super annoyed with you because you have to like keep reading out loud like mm-hmm. you're like listen listen and then you read like a little section out loud and you do that about four times and they're like I could just read the book when you're done yeah. like if you're gonna keep doing that like, yeah it's one of those books yeah 
Okay. Great. Good. Well, I, good. You know how I feel about, you know, Irish books. <laughs> so, surprisingly, are there any? No, I don't think there are any on my list. Oops. Mm-hmm. But I will probably talk about them because I only put five on my list. And I'm just now thinking. I'm just like, no, there are more books there that I'd more. like to talk about. <laughs> um, All right. Bring it. Okay. So, I originally had a top five five-star reads <laughs> because this has been truly an incredible year for reading for me. Um, which is pretty exciting uh, just because 2020, 2021, I wasn't really reading as much. Mm-hmm. I think I've talked about yeah. this before. And then I set a large reading goal for this year, and I just kept reading and reading and reading. And I haven't quite definitely slowed down in the past few months as the weather has changed. But I've read so many good books, so many good books. Um yeah, just kind of cross genres as well. Like I tried to include one from each genre, uh, sort of. Uh, I've read a lot of literary fiction. I've read, I've dipped my toe back into fantasy, which has been really fun for me. I've read some romance. I've read some sci-fi. I've read a little bit of nonfiction, which nice. is kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, but the vast majority is just like really depressing literary fiction. That's beautifully written, though. It's beautifully written, guys. That has been your theme this year. It's been my theme this year. I mean, yeah, speaking of the Irish, Mm -hmm. I read Sally Rooney for the first time, read all of her books, even tracked down her, uh, one of her short stories that's been, like, bound in, like, a tiny, tiny little, I don't even know if I can call it a trade paperback, because it's truly just, like, a, almost, like, a large uh, sticky note size. um, This must have been a, oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, it's just called Mr. Salary. That's what okay. I was going to say. I was about to say, this must have been a really long year because I feel like you've been talking about Sally Rooney for 12 years now. Uh-huh. And you I just only read her, read her for- books, in, <laughs> I guess, in January. So I've been talking about okay. her for almost a year. This is like me finding out about Taylor Swift in July of last year and then <laughs> yeah. having her be my top artist on uh-huh. Spotify Wrapped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, Sally Rooney is my Taylor Swift. I'm sure she would love that comparison. <laughs> You're welcome, Sally. Um, but yeah, I, I just remember reading the first book of the year was The Paper Palace by Miranda Cowley Heller, which is an impeccable book. I've talked about it before, but it's uh, different timelines. It starts out in the present day when the main character is 50 and she's just cheated on her husband the night before with her like childhood best friend. And then it kind of goes back in history to when she was a child, to when she meets this person to things that happened to her in her childhood that kind of mm-hmm. shapes really who she is as an adult. And it just yeah. goes through her whole entire life and puts that night before in context. And mm-hmm. it's just heartbreaking and so gorgeous. It is such a it's it's bonkers to me that this author, this was her debut novel because yeah. it does not read at all like a debut novel. Like, it is so polished. The prose is absolutely, it's just exquisitely written. She really expands on descriptions of feelings and environments in a way where you feel like you're walking through the halls of this, like, decrepit New York apartment. You feel like 
you feel the balmy night air mm-hmm. of the the paper palace, which is the the home that they stay in during the yeah. summers. Like you can feel everything, you can which kind of smell the mildew yeah. of the of the cabin that yeah, they stay it's, in. It's yeah. just she is done. Yeah. She is. I can't wait for her to publish more books. I periodically just like look online, just like has anything been announced? Because she's just an author that right. I I'm excited to read more from because this is her debut and it is. Just completely right. knocked knocked it out of yeah. the park. I think when you say impeccable, that is the exact correct mm-hmm. word for this book. Oh yeah, it's it, yeah, it's truly something special. And it um, really is. I think after that, I was looking for something similar that would give me a pretty similar emotion. And I I finally read Sally Rooney and I read Beautiful World, Where Are You? And that one was lovely. I read Normal People, which I think I will have to agree with everyone. It's her best. It just rips your heart out and stomps on it and throws it around and then gives it back and you're like, okay, thank you. Um, (laughs) The show for that one is also just like superb. Um, But yeah, I just like had a a major emotions focused, character focused literary fiction moment. I also read Luster, I think around that same time, which is a rough read because the main character is such a mess Mm -hmm. but I think she's such a mess in a way that I definitely related to and I I keep thinking about that book months and months and months and months later um another author that I would absolutely adore to read more books from she's only written one so far um that one has a really it explores that like sad girl literary subgenre but also talks about race Mm -hmm. and in a way that I haven't really seen many authors talk about it in that specific mm-hmm. way of just being young and messy and in your 20s and not really knowing what to do. But also you're a black woman living in the United States. So I think that one is just one that has just really, really stuck with me that I absolutely adore. Right. Um, it's a complicated one for sure. Yeah, it's a complicated one. It's like it's not a nice read. Like I I will like outright say it's not a nice read. It's not right. – it's darkly funny. I think there were many moments where I laughed out loud just because the character is so sarcastic and she's so dry with the way she views things. Mm-hmm. But also she's depressed, so that makes sense. Right. Um, but that one's really, really good. I think – I might have read Transcendent Kingdom by Yagyasi also around that same time, which I think kind of also fits into that, like, sad girl literary fiction mm-hmm. genre, subgenre. That one's beautiful, that really good about grief. My, yeah. You still haven't all... read it? Uh, no. Polly, but get out. I, I'm Leave. sorry. I... I'll carry the rest of this. <laughs> <laughs> you don't deserve to be in that chair <laughs> with those headphones on. Um, no, I finally read um, Homegoing mm-hmm. this year because I read it with Book Club, which is – that is a gorgeous, beautiful book too. Mm-hmm. Also not an easy book. But everyone is like, but you – but Transcendent Kingdom. Transcendent Kingdom is – And I have not. Just – I'm afraid to read Homegoing because Transcendent Kingdom was such a good book. It's one of those books where afterwards I felt grateful that the author shared this book with us because it felt so personal. Oh, boy. It's beautiful. It's okay. hard, but it's beautiful. Okay. Um, I'm just trying to remember something. Moving it up the list. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else? Oh, um, The Memorial by Brian Jack Washington. I almost said Jackson. Nope. It's Washington. <laughs> um. 
that one also refereed really really good uh talks a lot about just like masculinity and queer queerness um that one was really good i read some short stories as well i kind of like looked at my like tiny little list the see i tried to i tried to pare it down and then i was like i can't i just cannot okay i read so many good books look i didn't follow the rules and so yeah. why should you um Let's just go for I'm pretty sure I've talked about this one before, but The Office of Historical Corrections by Danielle Evans. Yeah, you did. Okay. So good. I, again, there's one short story in that collection that I am just, I constantly think about. Um, That one is just so, so good. Um, Another one, if you liked that or vice versa, if you liked this short story collection I'm about to talk about, you should read Danielle Evans. But The Secret Lives of Church Ladies by Disha Filia, also great. Wonderful. I think those are the best short story collections I've read all year. Um, They're the ones I definitely think about the most. Um, And then now I'm going back to my official list because I was just like, this is not, no, these, I read so many others I want to talk about as well. Um, One really good nonfiction I talked about already, which is another rough read. I'm so sorry. I just only read sad books, but (laughs) that's just my deal. We're going to have to rename this podcast Kissing Books and Crying Books. (laughs) Yeah. Books for kissing and crying. <laughs> Sometimes I read, like, just, they're both. Just, like, sad books about kissing. That's Sally Rooney. Welcome to the Book Squad podcast, a.k.a. Kissing books and kissing crying books. books. And crying. <laughs> I um, mean, we do talk about other books. Oh, yeah. But we definitely. Those are my preferences. I want there to be kissing and I want there, I, want, I personally want to be crying, whether it's through happy tears or, like, wow, this feels awful. Uh, but speaking of this feels awful, <laughs> after the eclipse, a mother's murder, a daughter's search by Sarah Perry, truly the best true crime out there. I will put my full stamp on that. Okay. Anyone can fight me. I will meet you in the parking lot. I get off, you know, this evening. So I'll see you there. <laughs> we'll do get out. It's the best one. But it's a yeah. uh, true crime from the perspective of someone whose mother was murdered. So it's very, very compassionate. It's very personal. It talks about the genre and the pitfalls of the genre, how it kind of romanticizes, not kind of, it does. It full stop romanticizes uh, murderers and it really uh, has a, a fascination with women who have been murdered or marginalized people Mm. who have been murdered. Mm -hmm. And so I think she has a lot of really good commentary. And it's especially if you like true crime, I would suggest you check out this book just to get maybe a a different, maybe more nuanced perspective as opposed to maybe like a journalist just looking into a crime because Mm. it's sensational. Mm -hmm. Um, This one was... uh, Yeah, it's it's a rough read. um, But again, it's very personal. So I think it, it... is understandable that it's rough because it's coming from yeah. a place where she she knew this person and yeah. it comes from her heart. So that one is just, again, very stunning. Um, this one is <laughs> – I debated not putting this book on the list because it is – I'm going to say this book is somewhat – controversial just because of the content Mm. it is i've talked about this with someone who i recommended the book to because i know they like dark and gruesome books Mm -hmm. and this is a book that we both are like i loved this book i have never recommended it to anyone and Mm. i never will um (laughs) but here we go here we go i'm just gonna go ahead in case you're a freak like me (laughs) and you like 
gruesome books. This is for people who like maybe horror novels and are okay with just like grossness and maybe some violence. Or if you like intense social commentary, um, this book has been compared to American Psycho and that is correct. Okay. This is basically the hot girl American Psycho. I think someone has that as (laughs) their... Their review on Goodreads, which is really funny and Mm. unfortunately is incredibly accurate. But Boy Parts by Eliza Clark, it's only available as an ebook. It is, as I just said, it is essentially American Psycho, but for hot girls, it's really upsetting. The main character is despicable. She does awful, awful, awful things. Every single content warning imaginable. But if you want really intense social commentary on being a woman and being surrounded by violence and how that can warp someone's perspective and change them and in turn make them violent, it is gross and creepy and really, really, really fascinating. Mm. So if you like that type of book, very specifically American Psycho readers, this is a niche genre, then I would (laughs) recommend you read this book. Uh Um, If it destroys your life, I'm sorry I didn't write it, you guys. (laughs) Don't blame me. I am just the messenger. Okay. Um, Well, that's interesting too, like the niche genre. mm -hmm. Although in some ways it's like we we read and people tout all the time books that are about violence against Mm -hmm. women and we don't really say... Give it all. We don't give it all those warnings, you know. It's yeah. almost just like, well, it's to be expected. It's expected. You know? Yep, it's expected. Well, so. we're all kind of to go back on. Yeah, after the eclipse by Sarah Perry, we're all we see so much violence enacted against women, like uh, law and order. Every single, mm-hmm. almost every single. I won't say every single because I've not seen every single episode, but almost every single episode, it's something violent that has happened to a woman. Right, and I think. With true crime, it's something violent that's happened to a woman, and we we are so inundated with that all the time that it has just almost become part of culture. I mean, people just, like, watch things like Law & Order to put on in the background when they're working right. on stuff, which is that same thing with certain yeah. true crime serial shows where they will just put it on in the background or they'll just be listening to a true crime podcast mm-hmm. while just, like, doing their work, which no judgment. A right. lot of people read those genres for for specific reasons, it's just we have become so used to it. And it does feel kind of silly of me to be like, trigger warnings, there's a woman who does the killing. Oh, no. no. I think it – I mean, I think it will – fair or not, I think it will hit as more disturbing. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's fair. But Mm -hmm. I think we need to ask ourselves why it's more disturbing. Mm Mm-hmm. Ooh, speaking of disturbing women doing disturbing things, Night Bitch by Rachel Yoder, also great book. So good. Such a good uh, feminist work. (laughs) Um, Also pretty upsetting (laughs) in some points, but like so weird and fascinating. Okay. Okay, I'm going to talk about one nice book and one not so nice book. <laughs> okay. That is my favorite book of the year. Back and forth. Okay. Back and forth. Okay. I've talked about a lot of sad books. <clears throat> to be taught if fortunate by Becky Chambers, this will fill your heart with hope and joy and send it off into space. Who are you? <laughs> I only read <laughs> nice books by uh, Becky Chambers. Everything okay. else is sad. Um, that one's a really, really lovely uh, novella just set in space and it's about the future and it's just 
sweet and thoughtful and thought-provoking. My favorite book of the year, I'm, I'm, I have a couple weeks less at, left as of recording, but my favorite book of the year, The High House by Jesse Greengrass. Somehow it surpassed The Paper Palace. Oh. And it is about climate crisis. <laughs> I'm so sorry, everyone. <laughs> I will show myself out now. Um, but it is, it's just so incredibly humane. It is just humans at the darkest, scariest moments loving one another and doing their best. I, I, I think recently I described it as like this book is so, is filled so much with humanity. It has its own beating heart. And that's what I'll say about that. It's okay. short. It's about climate crisis, but it's also just, it will take your breath away in how lovely these people in the book are and they feel so real. But okay. that's my favorite book of the year. All right. And those are all the books. I talked about so many. I made up for only having one on the whole list, honeys. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm glad that you had a super good reading year. I had such and a good reading year. That's good. Um speak I mean, let's do a little let's do a little jig jog over dum. into let's do a little jig jog over into having a great reading year. Yeah. Let's do that. Great. Um okay. First of all, you know, shameless promotion and plug mm-hmm. for the book squad. Uh, you should do the book squad challenge. For no, sure. I won't say should. You could. Because therapists would say, don't should on yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'll say, you might consider. Yes. We welcome you to join <laughs> we us. We welcome you to join doing the book squad challenge. Mm-hmm. I feel like when I'm at the desk, when people come up, they're so glad that they did it. Mm-hmm. Like they, they'll come and they'll just be like... You know, they're either coming and saying, like, I'm having a hard time finding something for this one thing. And we sort of, like, find something to read. But also they come and they finish and they're like, I'm just so glad. Like, I read so many books that I would not have read. And I hear that. So I would say that. And then second shameless promotion, I would say join a book club here at the library. Because, um, first of all, you can just show up. You don't have to, Mm -hmm. like, nobody has to invite you. You don't have to bring a bottle of wine if you don't want to, but you can. Not to the library. Yeah. My book club meets in the library. Please don't bring a bottle of wine. (laughs) Yes. But I, that is the second thing that I hear a lot of is, you know, I'm, thank you. Like every time I'll run a book club and I'll be like, oh, I don't know what people are going to say about this book. And I don't know why I think that because every single time people say, I'm so glad that you picked this book. I'm so glad that you made mm-hmm. us read this book. And even if they were like, I did not love this book, but they were glad to have read something that they wouldn't have picked themselves. And they were glad to then have the discussion afterward mm-hmm. because it invariably like we'll go around, everybody will say what they think about the book and then the discussion will start mm-hmm. and then we'll kind of circle back to like, well, what do you think now? And like by the time the discussion is done, people are like, maybe I don't think what I thought when I started mm-hmm. this discussion. I Because like points come up and then people elaborate on them and then, yeah. you know, it's just like. That's Book clubs the, are fun. It is. And that's the beautiful thing about like reading with other people mm-hmm. is it, it gives you that opportunity to really think about what you think about that yeah. book. And well, I cuz reading is such a, a, a 
it is a solitary mm-hmm. activity. And I think that's part of the fun of it because you can just really think about it in in really complex ways. Uh, You can really dissect things as you want or just not dissect it. You can just read and enjoy and not think too too much about it. So if you you want to talk more about books, book clubs are incredible. Or if you want to feel like you're a part of something bigger – Besides just being a library user, which I think like really connects mm-hmm. you to your community, um, yeah, participating in challenges can be really rewarding because you're like, oh, I know I'm reading other books like this that other people are reading as mm-hmm. well. And so it's just uh, – it just is challenging in a, in a nice way. And so if you don't want – if you're like maybe shy or you're introverted or you just don't have the time, sometimes book clubs maybe aren't the – you know, aren't right. for you. Mm-hmm. But – also, you can peruse our, our list. Maybe there's one book club that is for you. Right. For sure. And we also still we still have BYOBB, yeah. which is online. Yes, so if is. you don't come. So you don't have to leave your house. Yeah. If you don't want to put pants on and leave the house, mm-hmm. we don't. And this book club, you can bring wine because you, you're just yes. in your home. <laughs> we Yeah. I mean, it's in the title. Mm-hmm. So um, that for sure is still going on and you can just come talk about what you've been reading. And we love that because then that gives us ideas of things to read. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I would say maybe a challenge for folks this year would be join a challenge, join a book club, mm-hmm. come to BYOBB, just give yourself an opportunity to connect with other people about yeah. reading. Because I would say when I am – People assume that I am a incredibly discerning reader because I am a librarian. <laughs> Whatever discerning means, you can just decide. But um, I'm not. Like You're I, just a reader. I am just a reader. I love books. I can dissect a book uh, and look at the themes and look at all of these things about the book, if should I want to. But mostly I just you know, love the written word and I love yeah. when people tell a good story. Yeah. And I I find that when I talk about books in book club that I am often like the most accepting of whatever the writer has to say. I'm like, yeah, there's a great book. And then I get to the <laughs> end and I'm like, oh, I totally missed that part, you know. And I, and I was like, that's, I love hearing that because I think, oh, I'll think about this book now for a while. Mm-hmm. And if you put in the hours to read a book, it's kind of nice to feel like yeah. I'm able to chit-chat about it with somebody. So Yeah, for sure. Anyways. Uh, speaking of completely shameless plug, uh, Queer Book Club has returned. So if you like yes, to read queer books, uh, come hang out with me. First Sunday of the month, for the most part. Check the website. <laughs> there are some exceptions. Yes. First sign of the month. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will definitely link up all of our oh, yeah, book for clubs sure. <laughs> if you're interested. Um, I Yeah, we're super friendly people and the people in the club are super friendly people. I mean, it. it is – it takes – like it takes some courage to just walk into a room full of people that you don't know. Mm-hmm. And I am consistently like, you know, pleased with yeah. how – lovely and kind everybody is and how everybody has become like a little community yeah but a community that welcomes yeah more people I not a click uh it's like I always end every single book club with thanking people for joining me 
Because it's just like it does take a lot. Like you have to leave your house. You have to go sit in a room of people. Mm -hmm. And it's just like it's – for me, it's always worth it because it's – I love to hear other people's perspectives and I love being around people and I love talking about the same book. Um, But, yeah, I I think it's well worth it if you have been curious – or if you want to try something new, you should definitely check out check out a book yeah, club. I agree. I think Adam and I are both people who are excited when things get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> so John Mulaney, who says, like, uh, when you're an adult, uh, plans that get canceled is, like, heroin or something like that. <laughs> However, I think Adam and I are both people who are like, I'm really glad I did that thing yeah. after we did it. So, um, book clubs. Mm-hmm. Check them out. Okay, Polly, what are you obsessed with? Oh, here comes the wrap-up obsession. (laughs) All right. Um, I will say I am obsessed yet again with Friday Night Lights. Um, Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. I... I feel like I shouldn't say this on the Libraries podcast, but I'm going to. Okay. Tim Riggins. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. I feel like I shouldn't say it. The only thing that makes me feel okay with saying it is when I check and I know that this is not an actual high school student. Mm -hmm. He's an actual full-grown man. Well, like, every single, like, person cast as, like, a high school student is, like, actually, like, 35 years old. Yeah, They're usually older than I am. It's true. Um, anyways, I, I think I, I don't know why I know I've said this on the podcast before. I don't love sports and I don't love war and I love movies and shows about sports and war. I don't know what that's about. I love Dunkirk. I, yeah. Well, I, Harry Styles (laughs) eats toast in it. Okay. A man can eat, the man can eat toast. The man can eat toast. But, um, you know, I, I don't know why Friday Night Lights. I think, I mean, I know why Friday Night Lights because it's a, it's actually, a, I think, a pretty good, like, family drama. Mm-hmm. I love, I love the main characters. Um, Connie, why am I blanking? Connie on? Britton. I Connie believe. Britton and. She's great. Yeah. And what's the husband's name? Er- I can't remember. I can see his face, but yes. I don't know the actor's name. Oh, oh, I'm so mad at myself right now. Um, but they, like, you, I honestly believe that they are married. I believe <laughs> that they get in their car after shooting this show and go home together and they are married because <laughs> they have incredible chemistry and they are so good together. And it's just, like, their scenes together are worth watching alone. Mm-hmm. But Tim Riggins is all I'm going to say about that. Okay. Okay. Secondly, the thing I am not yet obsessed with, but I thought I should bring it up. Gosh darn shame you're not. And I have been already schooled as we were writing the notes for this. Yes, I should become (laughs) obsessed with the White Lotus. It's so good, Holly. Uh, I know. I mean, it... Aubrey Plaza is in the most recent season. Okay. I don't know why. And she's so mean. Like, it bounced off my consciousness a couple of times that this thing existed. But as soon as the end of the year list started coming out and it was on it, I was like, how did I miss all of that? Jennifer Coolidge won an award for the show. Right. And that's what, like, so my middle child does the best 
Jennifer Coolidge impersonation I've ever heard. Great. And so that alone makes me want to watch. Yeah. (laughs) She is. For whatever reason. She's so dynamic in this. I think um, I'm. I'm pretty far behind on the second season, but my partner and I watched the first season together and we were both just like, oh my gosh, the entire time. Because Jennifer Coolidge, she is a comedic actress slash comedian, I believe. And her role is so dynamic where it's, it's definitely a comedy drama. There's a lot of really serious moments, but a lot of the main people, at least in the first season, well, even in the second season, because Aubrey Plaza is also a comedic actress. Um, but, like, Steve Zahn is in the first season, and he does an excellent job with really? his character. Speaking of Connie uh, Britton, she is also in the first oh, season. And is her hair still as good as it oh, is yeah. in Friday Night Lights? Oh, yeah, for sure. It's probably not as big because she's not in Texas. Oh, but, but, like, she plays just, so like, a beautiful. like the head of a tech company. There's a lot of really great commentary about colonialism mm. and and racism and and white just just like white privilege in general okay it is so good the second season is also like really just strange and interesting and funny and and again Jennifer Coolidge is just so dynamic in her role she's so funny Sometimes in a very understated way right. or she will make a line that shouldn't be funny make you cry with laughter <laughs> and it's in a serious scene. Oh, like boy. she's just – she's so good. It's worth watching for her alone. Okay. But um, I loved the first season. I'm still kind of on the fence with the second season but like it's – as of recording this, we're only about halfway, a little bit more than halfway. So okay. like I – But there's it's a lot done, more right? Like it – like the second season just wrapped. Is that correct? Did I see that? Um where the season not, finale came I out. I don't think. I don't know actually. I'm I'm pretty far behind, so I I Okay, cuz I thought I saw I thought I saw that and there's mm-hmm. all this chatter and I'm like, "Don't look, don't look, don't look." Oh yeah, I, don't I, look. I, I just don't even want to look cuz I I do want to watch. I want I also would like to become obsessed with this show. Just watch an episode and, and you'll I'm, become obsessed. Okay. And I'm very excited about the fact that um, we'll have three days, so we are closed uh, the 24th, 25th, and 26th mm-hmm. of December. So I have three days to binge this entire series. Yeah. By I'm then it will all back, be, yeah, it'll be all out. Completely obsessed, covered in cookie crumbs because I've done nothing but yeah. lay on the couch and binge mm-hmm. this show. Okay. Great. I'll come back ready I to can't talk wait. about it. Can't wait. So good. Um, All right. What are you obsessed with? Honestly, I've rekindled my love of The Sims, which is a simulation (laughs) computer game. I suppose it's also on, like, uh, consoles and stuff, but I play it on uh, my laptop. Like the one from a million years ago? The one from a million years ago. They're on Sims 4 right now. Sims 5 has been kind of unofficially announced uh, that it won't be out, I'm sure, for many, many, many moons. But, yeah, I've just been obsessively playing it. It's, like, I was obsessed with it when I was a kid. Um, I played it all the time as a teen and then as a young adult, and then I just kind of got off the Sims train, and then I started watching an old favorite. Her name is Little Simsy. She's on YouTube and Twitch. She's just really anxious and... (laughs) 
Does uh, The Sims feel like a way to have some control oh, and an for out of control sure. That's universe. the whole point okay. of simulation games okay. where like if you – I think that's why so many people who are anxious are drawn to it um, because you can kind of feel like you're taking back a little bit of control or you can organize things in a way that feels correct for you. You can decorate things in a way that's soothing and it's just a pretty expansive, pretty um, uh, just – it's just a game that offers a lot. Um, and since I used to play it, it's also much more inclusive. They um, kind of had some controversy about, like, they didn't have a lot of um, – their skin tones were really ashy if okay. you had Sims with deeper skin tones okay. or they didn't have a lot of hair with uh, textures for, like, black Sims. But okay. they have since gotten a lot better about that. Okay. So it's really nice Good. to leave – for reasons because I was getting frustrated with the company and come back and be like, oh, they're actually listening and they're making it much, much, much more inclusive. And they're like working with black simmers to create content now. So that's – it's nice to see. Um, So They're called simmers? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Yeah, but I – yeah, I've just been really into that lately. That's just been really comforting and uh, soothing as I'm reaching the end of the year and like the end of the year chaos is like starting too slowly and, you know – take over my life. <laughs> I understand. I'm just looking forward to eating a lot of latkes Ooh. and sleeping. Yeah. I just want to, when I am not binging <laughs> the White Lotus. Just binge the White Lotus with like a, a plate of latkes yeah. on your belly. Go into a greasy starch coma <laughs> in between <laughs> episodes. <laughs> That's what it's, you know... But I'm a little, I'm a little hopeful for 2023. I don't know why. Yeah. Are you a little hopeful? I think so. I feel like I didn't have a lot of hope going into 2022, but I'm feeling it. Yeah. I I think so. I think. After my nap, I'll feel it. Yeah. I I think I would rather be hopeful than pessimistic. Pessimistic. So I would rather hope for the best and, and just be optimistic and. And just, yeah, have good thoughts. Aside from what you read. Aside from what I read. <laughs> I I'm I, a, I just want to put it out there, guys. I'm okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for your concern. Thank you for asking. I'm okay. I'm a genuinely very happy person. I, I think. I am in therapy. I'm in a very loving relationship. I've I, got great friends. I, I've got two ridiculous cats. Yeah. I've got a great apartment. I'm doing well. I would well. agree with all of the above, <laughs> and I think... I also have a great head of hair. Yeah, it is. Uh, you, you guys, it is absolutely true. I'm looking at it right now. So, no, I think that's a, I think that's a good place to wrap on. Yeah. Here's to 2023. May we have... May we read many good books. Thank and you. even some bad ones that we can still talk about. Yeah. <laughs> the bad ones are almost the best to talk about. <laughs> Happy reading. Happy reading. That's it for this edition of the Book Squad podcast. For more details on any of the books or events mentioned in this episode, visit lplks.org. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe. And please rate or comment. You'll help others find the podcast. Our Book Squad librarians are Polly Kinn and Adam Lopez. Our theme music is by Heidi Lynn Gluck. I'm Joel Bonner, and this has been a production of the Lawrence Public Library.